Welcome to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Silito. This podcast is a result of my purpose to help ambitious business owners like you avoid stress, overwhelm, and burnout in the workplace. In this podcast, I share everything I've learned about how to grow a profitable business, stay fit and healthy, maintain strong relationships, and develop the right mindset for success. So you can thrive, feel inspired, and work at your full potential. Today, I am going to talk about not being a robot. I think it is one of those things that we fall into the trap of. It's very easy to fall into the trap of automating our lives. And one of my biggest fears is not necessarily AI, although I have some level of fear, as many people do about AI and what what the future holds for AI. But my bigger fear is uh, not robots becoming more human, but actually humans becoming more robotic. So I'm a big fan of automation, by the way. I think automation is is incredibly powerful. It's the only way you can scale your business. And we've seen it, you know, whether it's Fordism, whether it's McDonald's, we know that systems work when it comes to scalability. So you have to scale your business through automation. And that should be one of the goals of your business, uh, whether that's outsourcing, et cetera. So I'm not talking about that so much. What I'm talking about is how stimuli, environmental stimuli forces us to become or or go into autopilot. We are constantly trying to meet other people's agenda. Now, of course, we have to serve, but to serve others, we have to be able to serve ourselves, to serve the people that we care about, to focus on our health and not let these things around us, this stimuli that is around us, distract us from that, or that we become so obsessive, we become so obsessive of of serving other people's agendas that we forget about ourselves and the people we care about. And I've experienced this. I've done this, you know, and it's, it was a choice that I made. And I've talked about it a lot, where I was so immersed in the work I was doing uh, with my business pleasing clients, going above and beyond, but actually, in most cases, diluting myself and spreading myself too thinly to serve others. And I was just on this repetitive kind of assembly line, you know, and and that's what I'm encouraging us to think about today, is that we don't have to be on that assembly line, that sometimes you've just got to get off and take a step back, get some clarity, and and really ask bigger questions of yourself for the, for the short term time that we have on this planet to, to, to make the most of everything we have. And if we are just spending time just on this assembly line, going through the motions every day, chasing the, the bills and the chasing the money and, and all these things that come with it and chasing pleasing people just for the sake of pleasing people, I feel that we would have a life half lived by being in this kind of robotic, robotic nature. So I, I would like to hear from you, what does it take to step off the assembly line? And by the way, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying not to get too Orwellian here. I'm not going all in on, on 1984, but there's something there, isn't there, where the environment is, is changing the way humans think. And I don't want to get conspiracy theorist either. Maybe, maybe I am just being a conspiracy theorist. But 
I think particularly with COVID and what we've experienced with COVID and the polarization and the, the way people are thinking and rebelling against certain things or, or just saying, sure, I, I'll just buy into that. I'm just going to do that. I'm going to follow that because it must be right because the government says it's right or the, the experts or the, you know, the, there's so much now that we are just being bombarded with that we are expected just to follow the motions. So I might be going off on a bit of a tangent there, but I think it's these sort of things that lead to burnout. It's an overwhelm where we get so full of information, information that's just driving us, driving us to, to achieve results. And I question sometimes if we are achieving results for ourselves and for our families and the people we care about or somebody else, somebody else's agenda. And, and I encourage us all to take a step back, to think, to take ownership and to say, right, what, are, what am I really trying to achieve in this, in this life? And so, yes, of course, automate as much as you can. Outsource everything. Let go of stuff. But are you feeling like you are part of that automation yourself where you are just going through the motions day to day and not being as human as you could be to tap into what it really truly means to be human and as i said earlier my my fear is not so much ai and robots becoming more human it's humans becoming more like robots and i think that's something for us to kind of reflect on to step back and say what is really going on and how do we step off that assembly line and, and be more human. And I think, you know, if we're caring for ourselves and not being a slave to the business, not being a slave to other people's agenda, and that we become more mindful, that we practice mindfulness, we develop our intuition, we become more empathetic, you know, the things that make us human. At the moment, that's the competitive advantage we have against AI and robots is that is our ability to empathize, our ability to think, our ability to, to be mindful and using intuition right now. And we need to make the most of that as best as possible and hold on to that. And I believe that when we do that, when we, when we focus on that, uh, we see more opportunities. We don't become so one-dimensional and just focused on what's in front of us. We start to th see things in a more lateral way. And that for me is, is being human, to be able to step back and, and think laterally. So let me know what you think. And I hope I, I've got my message right there, the difference between automating your business and not falling in the, into the trap of being part of that automation yourself. Hold on to what it truly means to be human. Stay, stay human. Don't forget, Borky's workshop next week. And so excited we've got some amazing people coming and also people that have been on the program before and experienced it. And it, it is a really good, really good workshop. I'm very proud of it. It's taken a lot of time to get it to where it is now through experience and practice. And, and, and you, I have no doubt you'll get huge value from the workshop. It's completely free. It's from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. GMT on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. If you go to fourkeysworkshop.com, you can sign up. And I would love to see you there. If you're a business owner, a founder, an entrepreneur, and you're looking to scale your business, you want to do it without burning out and, and live your life across the four keys, you know, making sure that you've got balance in your business, body, relationship, mindset. This workshop is for you. 
So now I'm going to come on to a number of insights that I've got. And this is one of my favorite parts of the show where you send me your insights on how to scale without burning out or questions you have for me that I can answer. But the insights that are coming in are really, really good. So I'm going to share share these today. I've got some, some great ones, some cracking ones here. Katie McCarthy Booth, she says, uh, what are the signs to look out for? So her question is with burnout, when you are naturally driven and focused and always being at your best, it's easy to miss self-care. Absolutely. So this is a saboteur for those of you who are driven, motivated, conscientious. It's often harder to, to let go of that, that, that drive. So how do you recognize the signs? Well, first of all, it, it's like Alcoholics Anonymous for hyperachievers. You have to stand up. You say, hey, I'm a hyperachiever and this is my first day of accepting that. You really do have to accept that you're probably a hyperachiever. And that means you're addicted to personal ex- per- external perception. You would be addicted to that and driven by that and what people think and pleasing others and, and so on. And, and that can create its own level of burnout. So taking a step back, self-awareness, read a great book on the nine saboteurs. One of them is the hyperachiever. It's called Positive Intelligence. And it's a really good book and talks about the hyperachiever and how to remove that saboteur. I recommend it. So thanks, Katie, uh, Kate, for the question. Peter Henderson says, when it comes to breaking down, sorry, when it comes to avoiding burnout, and by the way, one of the questions I asked and I shared with people was a client of mine who had successfully grown an eight-figure business over the last 10 years, but his waistline had increased, his marriage had broken down, relationship with his kids had had actually been non-existent over the 10 years and, and, and felt incredibly lonely and was asking whether it was worth it. And this comes up a lot with business owners that I work with. So some of the insights that I've got around helping people that kind of experience that who are now looking to scale over the next 10 years. So Peter Henson says, break down the big problem into a lot of little ones, pick them off, start with some easy wins. I love that, you know, just breaking it down into chunks. We have the big broad vision, you have a 90 day game plan, but what are you doing daily and weekly? Break that down. How do you eat an elephant first type of stuff? You eat it in small chunks. And, and that keeps us agile as well, make sure that we're going in the right direction. Adrian Liu says, step back and no good decision will come once you are expect, experiencing burnout, then prioritize. So taking a proactive approach to burnout. Once you're in burnout, our intellect drops, we're in fight flight, and it is very difficult then to, to deal with those, those situations. We wanna make sure that we're using the prefrontal cortex, that we are using the executive center and not operating in that fight flight where it, we start to damage that, that system, the hypothalamus, which is responsible for detecting stimuli, starts to get damaged, and that's when we can lead to burnout. So we wanna make sure we avoid that. So nothing good comes of, of just doing this type of work. We're all in and it leads to burnout. We have nothing to, to show for it in the end. Uh, I've seen it too many times. When you're in it, you don't believe it. When it happens, it's full of regret. And, and this is my, my mission is to prevent people from experiencing that, preventing what happened to my father, you know, who died just of a sudden heart attack, age 48. People don't think it's coming. Everyone thinks they're Peter Pan right now. Okay, Stuart Prestige, thanks for your insight because I'm going to share this it's a little bit longer. So I, I, I mentioned earlier that I described this person, this client of mine who had successfully created an eight-figure business, but put on weight, marriage had broken down, relationship with kids, et cetera. And he says this described him 10 years ago. 
when I shared this, this client of mine. He's built a number of businesses and work is his passion to, to and, and finding balance is, is hard. You know, when it is your passion, when it's your obsession work and you love it and you're lost in it and you're addicted to it, we forget about all the other things. We just expect others to keep up with our pace. It doesn't always work that way. So he says, although he still works hard, he makes quality time to spend with his family. We moved abroad, which just seems less stressful. I hear that a lot, you know, particularly now when we can work remotely. Why not go and live somewhere in the sun? He says the takeaway here is that he thinks that we put too much pressure on ourselves, especially in the UK. So he's, maybe it's a cultural thing that Stuart's alluding to here in the UK. And, and I think there is a lot of, to be asked, said about the Industrial Revolution and the factory assembly line. And it goes back to my point of it's like we're on automation, you know, just going through the motions. And I think the UK is a place where you can grow, but it does kind of emphasize this automated mindset. So he says, I just, I work just as hard, but it's interspersed with family activities, simple things like walks, making, eating meals. Uh, he says no to a lot more, says yes to things that, that will help him make up time later. And he's feeling much better and so less distracted and way more productive. It's as if Stuart, although we've not talked about the four keys, he's found that balance, you know, across the four keys around business, body, relationships and mindset. So I love this. This is great. He says, I think that the learnings from COVID are to enjoy the small pleasures and be thankful for our health. Amazing how many business owners have said to me, wow, you know, like I, I'm just connected with my kids on a whole different level. I'm having conversations that I would never have had if it wasn't for COVID. So I think there is something very special about what, what it's taught us. He says, I know that not particularly aimed at business leaders, but it helps apply more than leaders. I absolutely agree with that. He feels that meetings with CEOs, founders, investors, etc., are now more human somehow. Interesting. And, and less formal. And it's probably because we're not turning up, you know, for this meeting. Audrey, I mean, I'm in my t-shirt. I would, I'm, I'm coaching in my t-shirt. I would never have cut. I was going to the city in a suit and tie and as an executive coach. And maybe things have just become more human, more relaxed. There's a time and a place for that formality, I think. And he says, long may this continue. So I love that. I love the fact that you shared that. Marcin Kurdelwitz, I think I might have said that right. Every consequence has its reason. So we've got to be mindful of, of you know, the consequences of this, this work ethic. People that can't manage work-life balance and happiness should not be called leaders. Leaders are people to follow and they should be good examples, good role models of this balance. I think we're lead, alluding to. So we obviously see leaders that are driven and they expect everybody else to keep up with their pace. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, and then Tom Ponting says, I think I was expecting the first year. So Tom started a business and he says he, he thought the first, the second year would be exactly the same as the first year. So growing, scaling his business in the same way previous years. So just numbers build, you know, just doing the sales and it would just grow and grow and grow. But as we know, you get to a point where it's just not manageable. So he didn't really account for all the stuff that comes with being a startup, like having a database, restrictions, building new relationships, hiring people, all these things that can just fill up our heads and keep us up. You know, the 3 a.m. club, you know, you wake up at 3 a.m. I'm wired because you've got all these things to think about, which then, you know, causes problems with sleep and then can lead to burnout. So we've got to make sure that we are able to have an open mind around some of these things. So he probably he says, he continues, he says, I probably set myself a too an ambitious target for the first year, which added extra pressures. So 
pace is good. Pace is often, particularly in the tech world, but with majority of businesses, we just want to have a steady growth plan. Nothing to, you know, it's always going to be a bit of a squiggle, but at the same time, we want to be able to plan ahead and have these triggers, when to hire people, when to improve processes, when to invest in better systems, all these sort of things. We want to have it all planned out. And these are things that we talk about on the workshop next week. Okay. So I hope that was useful. I know loads of stuff has come through on the LinkedIn. So Spencer Taylor, good to see you saying outsource, 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 really important. David Wiley is saying outsource risk, outsource risk, outsource risk. So anything to do with risk. JP Dalman saying clear yet adaptable vision to automate. We need to collaboration, processes, methods, team and skills, building, delegating partnerships to name but a few. There's so much when it comes to outsourcing and removing ourselves from that kind of automated mindset that we're not just on that that treadmill going around in motions but yes there are different triggers you know particularly with scaling we talk about capacity and competency and making sure that we if we reach capacity that we bring in people that are competent and can continue that growth or there's a really good onboarding process to get them up to a level of competency particularly if you're recruiting you know, grads or some stuff like that. David Wiley also says due diligence, due diligence, due diligence. Yet yeah, find the right people. I think it links to competency. Laura Davis saying she, she loves what we're talking about today. It's not just about the money. It's about life. That's why my business is a lifestyle business. You know, people want to choose a lifestyle business and can have a very nice living doing that. And then Claire Pluckrose, my sister-in-law's on here. Great to see you. Agreed. This is green with Laura. Lockdown gave me the excuse to slow down and jump off the treadmill, metaphorically or literally, Claire, because I know you spend a lot of time on the treadmill or at least running. But yeah, I, I get the metaphor, you know, just stepping back, getting off the assembly line, having that perspective, reevaluate priorities, slow down and keep things simple. Focus on the things and the ones you love. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much, Claire. Lovely to see you. It's my sister-in-law. She's amazing. And GB athlete as well. Steve Britton, good to see you. We just connected on, on LinkedIn. Great to see you here. Steve is, works for British Airways, so aviation background, automation is a tool. Human performance competence developed by NASA has been the biggest safety innovation. So looking at it from a very different perspective. And Steve also talks about the science of human competency. The, this is a, a skill set that all human beings have, allowing to think and act logically, meaning we can bypass the emotional part of the brain, the limbic system. Yes, I think I touched on this earlier, this ability to to use our prefrontal cortex. A lot of our decision-making is always going to be emotional. Gut instinct, you know, you know, I'm sure, Steve, as a pilot of a plane, the more that, that it's rational, the more the emotion's taken out of it, better. But I assume there are some instinctive, experiential decisions that can be made that could ultimately save lives. You can let me know what you think of that one. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much for your contributions. I hope you found that useful. I hope it's helping you think to step back, to get off that assembly line, to, to, to stay human, to be human and be human with others. Thank you for your time. And I'll see you again uh, tomorrow. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. For more free resources and content on how to grow and lead your business and become the best version of yourself, head over to andrewsilito.com. Thank you for listening to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. For more free resources and content on how to grow and lead your business and become the best version of yourself, 
head over to andrewsilito.com.